Hey everyone, I am Marsha Bullington and this is the Campfire. Today, we are going to dissect District 95A Division 1. A lot has changed after realignment and here are the teams that will be competing in this district. Galveston Ball, Austin, Madison, Milby, Northside, Sharpstown, Sterling, Waltrip, and Wisdom. That is a tough nine-team district with almost all Houston ISD teams. Let's analyze those teams in our film session. Let's start off with the non-Houston ISD team, Galveston Ball. The Tornadoes were a playoff team last year and bring back first-team all-district quarterback Seth Williams. Expect Ball to be in the running for a district title. The rest of the district contains all Houston ISD teams. Six of the remaining eight teams moved up from Division Two to Division One, And good news for them is they got out of the district with state power Fort Bend Marshall and into a more formidable one. With four playoff spots available, Houston ISD teams have a legitimate chance to capture the last three of them. Sterling and Madison jump off the page at first because they both made the postseason in their district last year. They both sport productive running backs in the backfield and should be favorites to grab playoff spots. Sharpstown brings in new head coach Matthew Torres and has seen steady improvement over the last two years. Austin picked up two wins last year in district play while Waltrip with only one, but both teams can make some noise in this new district. Milby, Wisdom, and Northside will probably not contend for a playoff spot as they combined for only one win last year. However, they should all improve on last season's record and will be able to build for the future. Of all the Houston area 5A Division I districts, this one is the hardest one to predict for sure. Let's dig even deeper into 9-5A Division I with Houston Chronicle reporter John Poorman and producer Ward Fasol. It's district breakdown time. We're joined Houston Chronicle reporter John Foreman, we're talking 9-5A Division One, Very interesting district. It's mostly all HISD, and then Galveston Ball got tossed in there to make it a nine-team district. What do you feel – what are your initial thoughts on this district? Well, there's probably a lot of happy coaches that they don't have to prepare for Fort Ben Marshall anymore. Um, obviously, they've been kind of the cream of the crop, uh, you know, against these schools in district play, you know, over the last several years. But – you know, that being said, it, you know, it's kind of wide open. Who's going to take the district title this year? It's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, obviously, it's a, a big district and, you know, you're going to be diving into the district action pretty quickly. But, you know, you, you look at the, the past history and the last team to win a district title out of these schools was Waltrip and that was in 2017. So someone is going to win a district title uh, for the first time in a while and, and many of these uh, programs haven't won a district title in, in decades. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting not only to watch, you know, who can come away with this district championship, but, you know, those four playoff spots, those are up for grabs. You know, I think it's really interesting with Galveston Ball coming in. Uh, they were a playoff team last year in a really tough district with uh, Port Arthur Memorial and Friendswood and Beaumont United. Um, I certainly think that they have uh, the talent to be able to to compete for the playoffs. They have a returning starting quarterback with Seth Williams. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's an interesting addition for sure. And they got the, they got the, and the newcomer of the year wide receiver, maybe not, not newcomer of the year, but 
big time wide receiver and Will Cianfrini at Galveston, at Galveston Ball as well. He's a big basketball player too. But you mentioned the uh, not winning a district title to 2017. You know, for the average fan, probably doesn't mean much. You're looking at, at who's going to play who in the playoffs, this, that, and the other. But to be able – for one of these HISD teams or even Galveston Ball to be able to hang up a, a district banner in their school saying that they won their district does mean something. And, and the fact that all nine of these teams – uh, or maybe seven or eight of these teams really have a good chance to win this district and, and, and as you said, make one of those top four playoff spots really, really mean something. Let's talk a little bit more about the HISD teams. Uh, you were talking about a couple running backs or a running back that, that you got your eye on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when I, I look at these HISD teams that have a chance to compete at the top, you know, I'm looking at uh, two playoff teams from a year ago in Sterling and Madison, and Madison in particular because of one guy uh, that I really like, uh, running back Chase Devon. He set a Madison single-season rushing record last year with over 1,600 yards. Um, he'll obviously kind of be the catalyst uh, for the offense there. Um, you know, and, and Sterling as well, you know, they're going to have some guys back. And, and I think that both of those teams are looking pretty good when it comes to, you know, making a run at the playoffs. Um, really like Madison, though. I, I you know, I, I think that they're going to, they're definitely going to compete here at the top of the standings, I would expect. Yeah, I was looking over Sterling as well. They got a running back named uh, Cameron Patterson. They could have mm -hmm. a a breakout year. I think he was under a thousand last year, but he certainly could could find a way to make some yarders in this district as well. You know, the interesting thing about the HISD teams, as we were talking earlier, was they got they have the open policy. They can go to any school they want, and a lot of them choose Lamar. They choose Heights, Bel Air, some of the teams that are six A that they you know they'll get better competition. So the ones that stay and are are, are talented, they really want to be there. They want to have a sense of community. Just Let's talk a little bit more about how much that would mean to them to, to forget about the district title, but to be able to compete for that for a playoff spot. I know I was talking to Sharpstown's head coach Matthew Torres a little earlier, and he talked he was talking how they were nine points away from making the playoffs in the Marshall district because they, you know, they had a lot of these HISD teams. But just making the playoffs is is a big accomplishment in HISD. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of these kids take pride in, in where they're from and in the school that they represent and, you know, the area that they grow up in. And I think that's a great thing, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, play for the school and, and with the guys that you kind of grew up with. Um, you know, I think that's that's an awesome thing. And, you know, Madison, for example, is a, is a very proud program. They have a rich tradition of history, obviously going back to the Ray Seals and, and Vince Young years. And so I think a lot of kids look at that and they want to follow in the footsteps of some of those great Houston ISD players that came before them. They can really compete in this district and not a good and not a chance of getting hurt. Like I know some of the coaches were telling me, hey, going up against Marshall, we're trying to get through those games with all of our players back without getting hurt. I appreciate, I appreciate you joining us. Sorry about the old cough thing. I'll figure that out a little later. Next week, we're going to talk 10-5A Division One, and that's going to have Magnolias joining with Manville, so it should be an interesting, interesting conversation. Yeah, that's going to be uh, – this is going to be one of my favorite districts to break down, I think, just because of, you know, the sheer difficulty and the, the different teams that are in there and the geography and everything about it. It's pretty fun. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, thanks for joining me, John. I'll talk to you next week. All right, see ya.
We've heard about the teams. Now let's take a look at some of the athletes to watch out for and our players on the rise. Seth Williams was the leader of the Galveston Ball Tornadoes last year. He was first team all district as Williams threw for 1,740 yards and 17 touchdowns. Seth has a quick release and always seems to put the ball where only his receiver can catch it. Look out for him and the Toros to make some noise in district play. Chase Devon should be atop the leaderboard in rushing yards for 95A. The Madison back ran for a school record 1,643 yards last year and also scored 14 touchdowns. Devon is the kind of back you have to get down early because once he blows through the initial hole, he'll be tough to track down. Look for Chase to be chased a lot this year on the gridiron. Another first team all district back returning to cause havoc his senior year is Cameron Patterson from Houston Sterling. The Raiders running back ran for 458 yards and nine touchdowns on the season. He would get the tough yardage in the red zone and also managed to get the long distance scores when he broke through initial contact. The district newcomer of the year last year was Galveston Ball wide receiver Will Cianfrini. The youngster caught 33 balls for over 500 yards. Even as a sophomore last year, he was Seth Williams' go-to guy as he went up and made the plays needed to move the chase. Cianfrini is also a standout on the Toros basketball squad. One of those guys just might be the key piece to get their team into the postseason. It takes some top-notch coaches to get the best out of these guys. And our award for sold caught up with a brand new head coach in the district. Matthew Torres takes over at Sharpstown this coming season, and he talks to Wiz about the challenges he faces in this district and our media day segment. All right, Media Day 95A Division Two, and I am joined with uh, Sharpstown new head coach Matt Torres. Coach, first of all, congratulations on the job, and you get as soon as you got the job, you get thrown into a new district that looks looks a little favorable for you guys. Talk about uh, talk about the district and, and how you might survey it. Uh, well, it, it's definitely been a change, um, you know. As far as being favorable, I mean, that's hearsay. Um, we still have a lot of challenges in front of us. Um, this being, you know, my first year as the new head coach here at Sharpstown. The last two years, I was the offensive coordinator. And uh, from when we first stepped foot on campus, there was a lot of challenges. You know, we, we stepped on campus and we only had seven, eight kids in the athletic period. And then we hit COVID and everybody goes home and we don't see the kids again until the first day of practice. So the, that first year, there was a lot of struggles, a lot of changes um, as far as um, cementing ourselves in the community and campus and with the students and the student athletes, getting them to buy into us when most, you know, 90% of the campus wasn't even there. So that first year was a real struggle, but the kids that were there bought in, they worked real hard. And from there, everything was just able to grow. You know, year two, 
which was this past season. We showed a lot of growth. We were much more competitive in every game. You know, we went from one and eight to three and seven, which, you know, on paper doesn't look like much, but when you look at past scores and we're only nine points away from being in the playoffs, you know, I think our, our kids now have a, a strong grasp of what it's going to take to be successful. Uh, they want it more. Now they actually look at the schedule and look at their opponents and start looking at, you know, social media. Um, what, what kind of players do they have? Who do they have? You know, instead of just lining up and saying, who do we play this week? Now they're actually taking the initiative to learn about their opponents and asking us questions and really wanting to dive into it more to be successful. Um, I definitely feel that, you know, playing, you know, Fort Ben Marshall and schools like that the last few years, um, a lot of times will, can, you know, make people or make certain schools less interested and in not wanting to go through that. Um, and I feel early on, maybe that may have happened that first year with us, but this last year, our kids really were not afraid you know, they knew it was a, a tough challenge, an uphill battle, but they went out there and gave it their all. Um, we didn't get any kids hurt, which the year before we did lose some kids in that game because, you know, when when you play to not get hurt is usually when you get hurt. But our kids went out and gave it their all. And I really think that some of those challenges have really prepared them for our new district, which provide some new challenges and different opponents that they've never seen before. But um, I think our kids are working really hard and I definitely feel that we'll be in the running for a playoff spot this year. Yeah. It's, I mean, you hit a nail on the head when I said uh, more favorable district, I exactly <laughs> meant staying the heck away from Fort Ben Marshall. <laughs> and, and they bring to the table. It's a, it's a little bit better to be, they may not have seen them on the field, but you're in an, an almost all AHISD districts, so they probably know a lot of the players from school to school and are maybe a little bit familiar. Talking a little bit about your season last year, you got three wins, but those were three district wins. And those were, they, like you said, you're a couple points away from the playoffs. So, and the teams you did beat, you're seeing again this year in, in this district. They're mm -hmm. with you. So, I guess what I'm asking is, what to, as, as you move from OC to HC, We'll talk about uh, the challenges that may bring it and what maybe what kind of style you might bring to the table with your team now that you're in with an HISD in Galveston Bowl. Uh, well, I mean, the style, I guess what made it work for me was the head coach that brought me into Sharpstown. Uh, he and I had worked before prior at Eisenhower High School. So we had that relationship already. Um, I knew coming in, you know, he was, you know, Coach Ojeda is an offensive guy and he wanted to do things offensively his way, which I respected. And uh, the fact that we worked well together before, he knew that him bringing me in to be his coordinator, I wasn't going to step on his toes or try to run things my way. He knew I was a team player and I'm going to do what my head coach wants of me. So our relationship worked great in that aspect. Um, he has a lot of great ideas. He's a very bright mind. Um, I've learned a lot from him. And uh, to make it simple on our kids, there's a lot of things in my offensive style and my coaching style that he had already started implementing with our kids. So now it's my responsibility to not completely eradicate everything 
his vision, but to take his vision with a lot of my principles and the things that I want to see going forward and continue that growth. And of course, just add my, my personal touch to it since it's officially now my program. But, uh, you know, I can't, I can't take anything away from what Coach Ojeda started here. He did a masterful job of, you know, getting these kids to buy in and putting co coaches around these kids who the kids could buy into and really wanted to work for. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that theory. It's, it's not maybe early on. It's not about the wins and losses. It's it's giving the kids a place, a st stable place, as you mentioned. But but speaking of the kids, is there as you look over your roster, is there is there guys we need to keep an eye out for, or, or who you're kind of excited about, maybe on the offensive or defensive side of the ball? You know what? Offensively, you know we're returning an all district center, um, Theophile uh, Sabimana. Um, He's a junior right now. He'll be a senior next year. So he's a returning all district uh, selection from last year who he's a kid and even talking to him right now, he's uh, throwing the shot put in track for us. So he's a kid that I'm also the head track coach. So, you know, I, I deal with these kids on a daily basis, you know, in multiple sports. And um, so he's a kid that, you know, I talk to outside of track and in between about being a leader. And he's a kid that I definitely feel um, we can build around because he's reliable. He's there every day. He works hard and he has shown tremendous progress over the last couple of years. And I can start to sense that he wants that now. And for me, offensively, I feel that our middle three of our line, uh, we're returning two starting guards and our center. Um, the anchor of our offensive line, I think, is where we're going to be built best. Um, surrounding, you know, surrounding those three with, you know, other athletes, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, you know, if you ask any football coach, it doesn't matter what play you draw up. If you can't block it, it's not going to work. And defensively, we return a two-year starter at defensive end and the end bow. Um, his, his sophomore year, he actually led our district in sacks. Uh, last year, uh, he wasn't a surprise to anybody. So he was, had a little rougher time, uh, making as many plays as he wanted, but you know, he's, he's an animal in the weight room. He works hard. He's out there throwing, you know, the shot put in discus. So his footwork technique, everything's getting so much improved. Uh, he's improving in the weight room. So he's definitely, um, a piece on the defensive front that I feel is going to be one of our strong points of our team this year. You say it sounds like things are looking good in the trenches, which is always a good place to start. Like you said, not only can you protect a quarterback, uh, you, less people get hurt in the backfield there too. If nobody's touching them and getting their uniform. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So you're in, a, you're in a unique situation where you have two other brothers that are also Texas high school football coaches. Is this a deal where you got, you know, midnight on a Wednesday, you can call, call them up, maybe do a three-way call and kind of pick the brains and, and figure out what works over here. Maybe it'll work here. Hey, this is what's working for me, brother. Maybe this will work for you. Oh, nah, you know what? You you would think it would be a lot more, like, on a daily basis, weekly basis. Um, you know, with with all three of us being coaches, uh, we, we know the schedule's crazy. The hours are crazy. Um with families and kids, everything at home. Um, we definitely don't 
want to pull from each other and each other's families. Um, but no, definitely. Um, both of my brothers have been an instrumental part in my growth professionally. Um, I'm their biggest fans. Um, any chance I get, I mean, obviously going to El Paso from Houston is not an easy trip for a weekend game. Um, but, you know, definitely, you know, constantly looking at their scores, um, seeing how they're doing. You know, anytime I'm back in El Paso to visit family, I definitely go watch and check out Pebble Hills offseason and see how they're doing. Because, as, as, you know, family, that's something we're never going to get rid of. We're always going to be brothers. Uh, we love each other. We support each other. We're each other's biggest fans. But there's always something you can take away. You know, I know anytime I call, they'll answer. Anytime I have a question, I know they'll be there for me. And likewise, if there's, you know, anytime they have a question or want to know something, they know I'll give them an honest answer. Uh, a lot of times it does make for great conversations over the holidays when we're all in town together. Perfect, perfect. I tell you what, thanks for joining us. It was, it was, an, it was great to meet you, Coach, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week's show. Be sure to join us next week when we move to 10-5A Division One. I can tell you right now, that district is going to be a bear for the 19 in it. You can keep up with everything on the high school football scene on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Until next time, I am Asha Billington, and thank you for watching Campfire.